0: Hi, my name is Colleen. I'm a cultural reader. I'm representing Ellie, and this is not your day for asking me to come and be of service. Uh, so it is really an honor to be able to give back to and the program in my life. Um, to qualify um, on August 4th, I celebrated 11 years of abstinence. My top weight that I'm aware of is 311 pounds, as so i maintained about 160 pound weight loss as a result of this step. Um, in a classroom, I put her pictures. And uh, one of the sponsors I had for many, many years um, had always told me to keep a piece of my clothing. She said, "If you ever get tired to work your program, they'll be waiting for you." So um, I have my size 2014 that actually were too tight when I first came in, but I didn't want to actually go out and buy the size 26 because I lived in West Nile and I didn't want to admit that I actually needed that size. Um, so I put these in my car, and there's a reminder to me of where I came from. And um, you know, when I came into this program. Eleven years ago, um, I was pretty broken down. I I wasn't facing a lot of like you know like high blood pressure and high cholesterol and that, that. was sort of me, You know I had family history of those sort of things, but there was nothing screaming at me like you need to do something about this. There's a no problem. And um, what got me into the rooms was um, actually a therapist I was seeing had mentioned she thought I might find the sort of like camaraderie or something, you know, like helpful, and I was like, okay, whatever, you know, but I, I knew that I was miserable, and I was like physically uncomfortable with my body, that's the only thing I really remember, and I always think it's so interesting, you know, they say that, like, um, you know, the only desire is the desire to stop eating compulsively, I did not have that desire, I did not know... That I really ate compulsively because that required a level of consciousness about what I was doing with food. Now, my experience was I would eat and then I would look down and go, okay, how did I get a third stomach? Or why is it that every time I take a picture, it looks like I have three chins? Well, sweetheart, I have three chins. So, you know, that would explain that. But see, I was so disconnected and I always pretty much only looked at my body from like here up. And here up was okay, you know, like it was all right. And um, but as far as as really being aware of my body, the reality was that by the time I came into these rooms, um, I couldn't avoid being aware of my body because it had taken up so much space. And you know, I had accumulating humiliating experiences of you know going into a restaurant and you know the host brings you over the booth and you go to squeeze N and you don't quite fit. Just uh, you know, like trying to trample, like oh here, why don't you sit people? And I was like. Oh my God, like that's it, you know. Like before I could be like, Well at least I'm not he eat, or baby she is, whatever. You know, like yeah, I had no perception of of my body size. And um, you know, by the time I started eating, you know, what is it that did I was was I born a complex rule eater? Did it start, you know, I I don't know. Like I just remember I had a huge thing for sugar. Um, and I know that life became really uncomfortable at a really young age, at an age where alcohol wasn't accessible. But I do remember at like the age of nine, we used to have alcohol at, like family gatherings and whatever. and I remember doing it thinking, I like this a little too much, I should probably go away from it. You know. So like that addict, you know, capability was obviously in there somewhere. Um, but, you know, sugar works really well, so like why do I need that? Um, and, you know, that was pretty much the, the course and it didn't start to show up on my body probably until I think about 8 or 9 years old around the time I started eating and um, And then it just became a constant battle. The first time I remember, me, remember me, when I, died, I was 10 years old, my mother brought me into Weight Watchers, a very common story, um, and I couldn't understand why I was about with old people. Okay, when you're 10, like somebody's 25 is old, right? So, and the other thing was that they had the scale behind the wall, Doing so the walk behind them actually getting on that freaking scale. And then they wanted me to eat things like cottage cheese and stuff, and I was like, I already feel like I stand out like a sore thumb. Why do I now want to eat stuff different? Like, why can't I just buy ice cream and pizza like my friend? You know So. um I'm was i very lucky that I had a very close-knit group of friends um but I did experience you know like being made fun of a tool and things like that or my favorite was when I was in high school and this is ironically after I'd lost some weight um I was sitting at a bus stop I needed mean, you know, the bus to go home was just, uh towards the end of my freshman year in high school and this guy I remember I'll never forget it in this light blue Ford Mustang like an old 1960s one like sticks his head outside the passenger side window and says, you're a I'll you know, and I was like, I mean, it just, it's like, well, I can't win. you know, like here, I've been doing better, and i no, it didn't matter, you know, and, um, you know, the reality of this is that he just mirrored what I was thinking about myself. Because I could do all I wanted with food and exercise, but if I didn't begin to change my thinking, none of that was going to matter, you know? And so I didn't have a long history of dieting. Like, I didn't, it kind of fuel. Like, I'd be like, I'm going to start tomorrow. My version of dieting was at night, I'd go to bed and I'd be like, Well, I was eating skinny. The <laughs> and then I'd wake up and I was really like, skinny,
1: and I was like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> so i <just> <laughs> like, come on, you know, and I, I was
0: going, yeah, and exercise more, and like you know, because what I was asking for was something outside of reality. You know, it talks about in the literature that, that I was born full flesh in reality. So the reality is when I consume so much and when I don't burn it off, I gain weight. It's really not that like, difficult. I was asking to be outside of like laws of physics is what I was asking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been asked a lot of things sometimes. But, you know, the reality was that I wasn't ready until I was ready. So I was like 28 years old when I came into this program, and I had to go to the place where I was really, like, no more. No more, you know. And um, why then, I don't know. Um, I just know that when I came in, there was a level of like, ah, oh. Like, you guys, well, first of all, you were very friendly. And I was like, they keep saying, keep coming back, you know. And and you talked about food in a way that like nobody's like I would not let like, them have cultural be buddies, the the lonely cat chicken in my family like there, there was no like this is how we all do this you know, and so a lot of it was secret really and a lot of it was hiding, um, but you guys talked about it out in the open and there was a sense of like oh wow
1: like okay like there's okay, like,
0: and um you know when I came in I um. I remember, I remember, I was, um, like the second meeting I went to, I went to Strangely Sunday. That meeting is very overwhelming. And was like, whoa, there's like all these people there and all this stuff. And I went to the newcomer's meeting beforehand, right? And I was like, and she, you know, she pulls out the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and I was like, okay, you do not need to drink to dream. You need each read, explain to me how this works. And I asked her that. I had no idea what she said because I really wasn't interested in the answer. You know, I just wanted to be all defiant, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then I remember going up and asking this one girl, like, "Where are the steps?" And she's like, "Oh, I don't know." And she's like, "I just like she doesn't even know where they are. And what is your place?" You know. But, you know, the the very first thing I got to do before. one week when um, she came right up, I was an anorexic. And I thought, sweetheart, not meeting is not my problem. Mom. But she sat with me after the meeting. And she answered my questions. And she said, you know what? I just suggest you go to six meetings before you can have a And I was like, oh, I that. you know, that's easy. So, um, you know, I want to say welcome and welcome. You know, we're really grateful that you're here and we help me. Coming back, and I definitely recommend checking out six meetings before you, you make any decisions. So, the fourth meeting I've been to, is, you know, when I decide to do something, I do something. So, I went the next day, and then I went that night, and then, you know, the next night after that, you know, I was like, you just want to do this. Do this. Mm-hmm. So, the third meeting I went to was out uh, in the valley where I live and um, they have the steps on the wall, and I walked in, and I was like, huh. And there was like God in like every single one of those steps, and I was like,
1: "That's interesting." I mean, I, I had no
0: knowledge towards that, so I didn't understand like what any of this was about. But I did have a relationship with God, albeit it was one I was dying, um, which explained why I was suffering. Um, and God has nothing to do with my food. Because, you know, when you grow up in school, like, if you just do this or if you just do that, you begin to think, like, okay, like, I should know how to do this. Like, I should know. But, like, you couldn't explain to me that when I started eating cookie dough that I had to finish the whole batch. Like, I don't know why, you know? Or why it is that, like, I had to make a second trip to the place and go it. But, yeah, when you're drinking other and not so healthy anymore, you know, or when you always have to get the 16 ounce, by the way so fast, I never understood the purpose of a smaller medium, medium I really didn't like, why would you buy something that small when you can get something so much bigger, you know like, what's the point of a bagel when you can get a big bagel, you know
1: like,
0: you don't have to go back, and you don't have to pay twice, I mean, like, I think you're not
1: getting
0: it, to you know, and I'm always fascinated when I order something small, I'm like wow, because mm-hmm. I don't need the large or whatever. But um, so when I saw God's website, I knew okay, I, I'm some of what was And I didn't understand. I still don't understand what y'all were talking about, so did, like these like angels that were flying around, and and I saw people who were skinny, and I saw people who were fat, and I was like, okay, like, what? You know, like it's all very confusing, but. Part of my soul knew that this is where I was supposed to be, and so I, you know, I was really good phone instructions. Instructions by giving a sponsor. a so I got a sponsor. Um, she's a very nice woman, and she said, "You know, call me whenever you want." So you know, I never called her. She never called her. I not So after a few months of doing that um, and suffering my way through it, I mean, I managed to establish an access with her, which I'm really grateful. And my access um, then was three meals a day, nothing in between. Um, and she snacks, snacking. She snacks snack of fruit. And that was it. There was no specific foods that I put on my abstinence. Um, and over time, that's evolved. And I've added my alcoholic foods. Because for me, my abstinence is twofold. One is the behavior is wrong that I'm not eating all day long. Because that's just the only good idea. And two, that there are specific foods that are, I'm allergic to that trigger me. That once I start eating, I can't stop. And I know those are, and I knew those were coming in, and it just took me a little while before I was willing to admit that I was parenting. Um And, you know, and of course, the, the freak thing, I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? You know, I'm gonna die if I don't get to eat, whatever that is. And I always think I'm gonna die, but I don't. Um, so um, I started working with a woman who was more like deciding you had to call at a certain time, and, and I needed that structure, so that worked. And I worked with her for another, I don't know, I guess so, just after I got my year of absence. And then at that point, I remember very clearly sitting in the meeting, and, the and they were reading from the doctor's opinion, um, and it said the only reason we, we suggest is the entire absence, and I was like. Huh and I remember, I mean, I, I bought about 30 pounds because when you stop eating, oh, and that's when I stopped eating recreation sugar, so when you lose, you know, when you stop eating recreational sugar, the amount I was eating it, you lose about 30 pounds, but so when you're over the pounds, you don't really notice the 30 pounds, like my bags, my pants are a little baggy, i it, um, so I still had, you know, in theory, another 100 pounds to go or whatever, I didn't really know what it would be at that time, um, and I thought, so what am I doing, you know? Like, this weight that I think is protecting me from something isn't it? and it's an illusion. And I was like, okay, thumbs up, you know? And um, I I kind of reached a, a breaking point with the box I had, and I got a new and she's a 100-pounder and kept her weight off for years and years, and I basically just did whatever she wanted to do. And she said, you need to make the program the most important thing in your life. And she said, you put your phone first, everything else falls in you and again, I was like a really good rule follower, so I was like, obviously she knows something because like you know she knows what she's doing, and and I listened to what she said and it changed my life absolutely. Um, and you know I went through the process of steps to her, and because that's that's what I need to change my thinking. You know, they talked about in the big book about we have to let go of all our own ideas. and I remember reading that line. Like really, like all of them? <laughs> yes, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, I need to question them because they're usually based on something like one circumstance or an experience that happened, and I create a little story around it, and then I, I live my life based on that.
1: And the reality
0: is that that was what happened in that moment, and mm-hmm. I was like, geez, what am I to take that me into the future? But see, when I'm eating and when I'm in the food can't makes that distinction. It also talks about um the way through the just saying that we cannot differentiate the truth from the false. So when I'm eating my alcoholic eat foods, whatever they are, like I cannot see that like the badness in which I'm living, You know? And that's why i need responsible. That's why I need my fellow to be like, Colleen, do you do you are you on You know? And that was another thing. Like I didn't want to <coughs> Like I had a I experienced early on of being betrayed, and I was like, like, he's close to me, and I was like, I'm not none of that. Like, I don't need your help. I'm good. You know, I am such the, you know, I always imagine, like, this like woman who's, like, totally drunk, and she's tripping over herself. She's like, I got it! I got it! You know? Like, that's yeah. I'm so stubborn, so stubborn, you know? And, I mean, I'm so stubborn, but I just, you know, taper down a little bit, and hopefully I'm not so stubborn that, you know, I don't listen to my sponsor. I mean, my the sponsor for many years really trained me because she, she, I got on the phone and she said, What do you not want to tell me? And I was like,
1: Oh, come
0: And I could not tell her because then it would be like, uh. so, but she she trained me because now I got on the phone with the sponsor right now who doesn't have to even ask that question. I just go, okay, so what I don't want her to tell you is, you know, because what I've learned is that anything that I'm trying to contain, you know, I, I can't, there's no light there. You know, it talks about a real story, um, you know, it's a simple but not just a price has be paid. We had to turn all things over to the Father and God, to the Father who the Lord. So I have to bring in into the light, I have to bring the 12 steps into it if I want sanity, if I want peace about it. Even the things that I don't want. to. You know, and the interesting experience for me, you know, it talks about the step two, right, things that the sort of power and that power of me has shifted and changed a lot over the years. And, continues to. and it's the more I come to believe that God wants something to do with whatever area of my life it is that I'm afraid to bring God into. And it's usually something that I have shame about or fear about or anger over. And it, it sits somewhere in my heart where it's dark and murky. And when I'm willing to go into that place, God usually sitting there like, oh, good, you're here. Okay, now I'm getting to work. You know, like he's, God, he, she, whatever, is not afraid to go there. I'm the one that's afraid. And the only reason I think God wants me to do this is because that's my definition of God. And if it's a power of reason, then it cannot just simply be my definition. You know, it has to be something more than that. So, um, you know, I went to, and I, you know, the experience, like, I'm not going to tell you that like going without food, was easy. It was simple, so it was uncomfortable. You know? But I really helped strong to, what they talked about in step seven in the A12, which is pain and in life. And so my sponsor said to me, fight for your life, you're uncomfortable. And I am like, what? You know, it's just like one of those things where you get like that puppy dog look, like, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: And I was like, fight for my rights. Yeah, I remember like that was in my mantra. Like I would just say that over and over. Because I'd finish a meal and be like, oh. it's like that it. I mean, like around, I used to do be a school teacher and walk around the say, I'm like, I not I'm sure I'm mm-hmm. students um, mm-hmm. you know, and and being able to like say things to people that I say, because the compulsive over here, I did not like lash out at people typically. Um, I usually just internal it and push it down and move myself wrong and um you know, it talked about um, a lot in our literature about um, character defense pride, I totally didn't get that. Reverse pride, ding ding ding, oh yeah, all of the best friends. I mean, like, I can write that like a marriage badge. Where it for me, for me, for me, no pizza, you know? Like, it was really about, like, how it was the worst thing, and how I had to apologize for something that didn't need to apologize for, because then you might like me better, you know? I spent so much of my life trying to twist myself into a oppression with me, that I thought I wanted to be, I didn't know who I was, you know? And so ironically, by putting down the food and by working the steps, I get to discover who I am. And not just discover my limited version of my understanding of myself, but actually, like, who I can become in, in God's life. You know, and whatever your definition of God is, or even the whole notion of God or higher powers, like, being mm. right, keep coming, you know? It, it doesn't have to be anybody else's understanding of it, you know and, um, so, you know, the, the steps, I mean, the fourth step was, um, it was important it wasn't a sort of like sky opening, like, Ooh, experience when I did that, it was it actually, it was really funny, to be honest with you because what I saw was I don't same anything over and over and over again just different people, different situations, but I, like, portrayed the same Attitude and actions. So and I was like, it's insanity. Oh my gosh. What an idea. It was
1: insane, right?
0: So um, it was actually very clearing for me, like, a, an experience to see the reality of how I live my life. And I thought, like, I don't want to do that anymore. So from that, we identified my two-sex and character steps six and seven, and began to look at, like, okay, how do I now turn these over to empowerment and myself to say? And I love the seven step part about, um, You know, turning over and the things that God thinks are useful are not useful. Meaning, even that. Like, I may think that that being um, a victim at this moment is the worst place I should be. That I should not be doing this whatever. But maybe for some reason it's serving a purpose right in this moment. I don't know. You know, and that's not for me to determine. If it's standing in the way of me connecting with you, yes, that's a call. Because that's the other thing, and that's what I've gotten from working with sex, you really know, it's all about connecting with other people. Like, I can't even tell you, 11 years ago, if I was standing in front of you, I wouldn't be able to look anything you In fact, it took me a long time in the meetings and I would share, like, I really just couldn't know, look up there, you know, because I was afraid to look the eye, you know, I was afraid to connect I'm not afraid to do that anymore. That's huge, you know. I was at work yesterday, and, um, I'm helping to facilitate this team's goal-creating process. Whoa! There's like 30 people now have a different idea about how to do this. That's not me! They just do it the way I want it. so much easier, right? But what I've learned how to do from working the steps and living my life on the spiritual path is how to hold the space for all these ideas and how to get people to communicate with each other. That's something I couldn't have done before, you know? if I don't know how to control it, that was a problem, you know? And so what I had done as a result of living my disease was create a life that existed about like this big all the while dreaming and wondering about what a real life
1: was, like, you know? Like
0: fantasizing about what it would be like to, um, you know, have that kind of a position in a job or do those sort of things or have this relationship or get along better with my sister or whatever it was, you know? And that's an interesting experience, too, with my family. Um, and I, I used to laugh when I hear people share meetings about how they work and all the sudden their family changes. And I was like, no, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, that's kind of what happens, but you know, they didn't change, i changed. I the eyes of which rich and the changed. Because I learned, you know, what do you do with somebody you that know, resentment? What do you pray for them? You know? So I've spent years praying <coughs> with my family. What do you know? <laughs> they very loving <lovely> people. <laughs> You know, and and the longer I I learn to just accept them for who they are, um, the better my life is. In fact, the more I just learn to accept things in general, um, the better my life is. You know, learning to accept things. And one of the things that for me, because sometimes I can't even get to acceptance, I go, well, I can accept that I don't accept it. Like I need like easy stuff, you know, like sometimes. Because some days I'm just like in a funk. And I'm like, yeah, this all sucks, you know. And and then I have days where like I feel like I'm walking on the and there's butterflies and, and it's like this total spiritual experience. But as an addict I think that's what she all the time, right? Like more of it now, you know. But it's just it's the ebb and flow. Like I couldn't handle the ebb and flow. You know, that's why eight is really easy. Eight numbed out, checked out, serious, no problem. You know. Like my goal was her to be flat mind. The flat is dead. You know? And and I don't have to do that. It's it's like it's like somehow by by taking the path of each step, um I got the courage to live out of nowhere. Like I know, and, and not even the courage, but the actual the desire to live. You know. Um, because when I came in I was just on a slow path of suicide, you know. I, I, I didn't want to do it any faster, but I was, you know, slowly, slowly through there. So, um, you know, I want to thank you for, for allowing me to share part of my experience. as far why i really helpful. And, um, thank you here. Yes. Hi, um, and you mentioned before um, internalizing anger and not lashing out. What oh. do you Okay, so you me, uh, I, I used to internalize anger and not rush out. Um, I've learned healthy ways to express anger, I scream at the pillows, get my car and scream, um, write nasty letters to people and then tear them up and burn them. Um, going out to the ocean late at night screaming really loud, you know, as long there's not too many other people um around is good. Yeah, just, just doing things like that Thank you. After being in program for a little bit of time, you experience um, maybe you're learning the tricks of recovery, and if so, how did you? Manage, uh, being in okay, so did my meeting you learn the tricks of recovery? Um, my experience with that would be um, that when I would use my um, program to beat myself up, yeah, um, like. You know, the measuring stick, you know, I'm not doing enough this, you not doing, you know, whatever the conversation, I'm not doing enough, I'm not being spiritual enough. Like, I think my experience of that would be when I try to spiritualize my way out of being human. You know, I have experience to be like, how come I didn't float through that? Well, since you were like having feelings, you know, um, so that was me, you know, that was my experience. Thank you. Um, uh, I was thinking, especially as a teacher, when you encounter people who have opinions about you, usually young people. Um, if you've gotten more respect, if you've gotten to be a smaller size, how have you dealt with that? Okay, so if I got more respect if i a smaller Well, I'm no longer a school teacher anymore, but I did lose my weight while I was teaching, so they saw me evolve. Um, I, I had different experiences. I didn't think so much um, respect for my students. They were—they were pretty much. I mean, they were middle schoolers, so they're—they're nice to each other, but they're pretty nice to the teachers. Um there was like surprise sometimes, like you know, when I came back after the summer kind of thing. Um, what I did notice amongst the teachers, you know, um, and I don't know if it's a woman thing or what, but like the one who looked disappointed when I had to put my weight back on the next year. Um And, yeah, I mean, there, there actually was a really interesting thing, um, experience that I had, a much longer story than I did. But, yeah, people have different reactions to that. But, you know, one of the things that I learned to do was um, I learned that what other people thought of my weight was none of my business. I would weigh, whether they approved of it or they didn't approve of it. And so as long as I kept reminding myself of that, um, you know, that's usually some of be the best way to go. Um, I've learned that being uh, at a healthy body weight is a different experience in, in general um, because when you're fat, everybody's like, you're not a threat. Apparently, I'm them a threat now. Um, and that's been a different experience for me. So, what I learned to do with my thoughts, maybe, is just to be a little bit nicer, you know, to kind of put people at ease. How do you?
1: mesh
0: building up programs and the h program first, how can you mesh that with the requirements of making a living and interacting with the people, local students? Um, the well, about time. Right, about time. Okay, the question is about how do I take my program first in terms of time. Um, well, and in the, in the beginning, um, I mean, I went to I went to like five to seven meetings a week. Things like that. I don't go to as many meetings, um, but there are other things that I do. I just I literally like I get a calendar and I calendar out my time. And the time that I spend doing my programming, I meaning like whether it's planning my food or like preparing my food or the time for my meetings or my volunteer calls, or something, like those get slotted in first, and then everything else falls after that. Um, and there are times when it's it, it maybe less uh, involved in my life, or whatever, and you know, then I have to, to balance that out. You know, maybe spending more time in meditation, or you know, things like that. So, uh, it's honestly, it's like a non-negotiable because I've gotten the life that I have by doing that. So, um, in my experience, that when I and I push that aside or pretend like it's not that big of a deal, um, I take the consequences for it. Like, I will notice it. Like, if I go too many days about doing my ten steps, like, it just begins to build up, I and mean, it just doesn't feel very good. So, what does that
1: question? Thank you, um, You talked about, before program, having kind of a disconnect with your body and your shoulders and health. Um did, was, you
0: know, was there like a change in that and so Is it just kind of common away or was there like a definite effort to Okay, disconnect with my body and how that changed? Um yeah, it did begin to change. I mean, I remember um like around the time I used to help you body weight, I was walking with towards people like in a, a like outdoor mall area, whatever, and, and I saw three sets of legs walking, and I couldn't figure out which ones were mine. You know, um, what I learned to do because it, some of it happens to be rapidly. I mean, like, after uh, a year of yeah, rapidly, I lost like, the other 130 pounds in the like, next 18 months. So I would literally, like, sometimes close the, the, the backroom cabinet and be like, Whoa, so I did not know who I was looking at. And I thought, Okay. And I don't remember if I talked to my sponsor about it specifically, but I began to say a prayer of, God, help me to see me as you see me. And that was that So there was definitely a concerted effort. Um, and, you know, um, interestingly enough, over the years, I've worked with a, another woman's program to do this body image workshop. And so that has helped me a lot. You know, you think I'm not in authority when I get that workshop, I do it because <laughs> I need it. Um, but, it discontinued um, levels of acceptance. And I didn't have a specific notion in mind of what I was going to look like. I had no idea. And I didn't know what that healthy range is going to be when I started either. So that wasn't helpful because I didn't have any expectations of what it might be. Um, but it's a, it's a process from my experience. Thanks, Pauline, for the sharing. Can you talk about your experience with the nine steps? Sure. Um, my experience with the nine steps. Um, the first uh, four step I did was predominantly lots of living events, uh, lots of praying for people and forgiving them, um, and um, and looking at, at uh, forgiving myself. Um, when I've done other um, four steps over time, there were a couple where I had to go um, and speak to people from my past and. Um, you know, it wasn't like great things that I had done, there was this guy that I had worked with who, um, we were partners together in this, like, camp thing, and I just kind of checked out, like, I was go taking take a nap, like, I did very irresponsible things that were not like me, because I was being such, like, in my community, and so I don't know that it affected him, per se, but I felt like, you know, I talked about my sponsor, and I said, I feel like I need to make amends for this, that I wasn't, I didn't do my my full part there. Um, and so I went, and I spoke, and he was like, oh, okay. You know, like it was a non-thing. The biggest thing for me has been living men, you know, like showing up for my family and being there, um, and um, not having to be about me, you know. Um, and you know i showed up for my sister's wedding i was there for a whole week before she got married and um, that was a really big deal because a couple of years before i didn't show up at her residency graduation um because of a risk between my father and i so you know things like that thanks um, for so like i have problems with
1: food and i have problems right and you know i'm a and I'm trying to teach a lot of teachers how to collaborate, if you need to collaborate. I realized when I come to my college, I hate to collaborate. Know to collaborate. You know, I'm not going to say that, but I'm better going they're not going in my way. And then you've mentioned now in your career something that happened to you, that you set a space for collaboration, allow people to do it. Is there anything that you have learned that you can have fun with?
0: Okay, so how do I set a space for collaboration? Um, can I make it not about me? That it's my job to just to be there and to help people through the process and just kind of hear back from what they're saying, um, make sure that people are their voices are being heard, um, <coughs> and not have to be about how good of a job I'm doing or not doing, uh, what my investment is and how it should turn out. Oh no! I mean, I definitely have not. I'll say like this is what I think, you know. But I have to say it and then let it go. You know, I can't say what it. Is to it. Okay, thank you very much. Where is it? You the you got a question. And I've heard about being talked about it. You know, with a relationship with
1: someone, and all, you see it go. Even feeling like you were confused in of equal and included to with the other. people, I would say, how do you put anger towards person? And you'll express it without screaming at them for So, so have <laughs> Right,
0: got it. Okay, so how do I express anger without confirming being able?
1: <laughs>
0: um, well, so what I learned um, from the 10 step principle is that every time I'm disturbed by a person, place, saying, I'm the one who's disturbed. So um, it's usually what I made this interaction mean. So people, in my experience, people do what they do. They don't do things to irritate me that would take way too much time for them to think about that. And they usually think about them. <laughs> So that's not happening so if i'm bothered by something um i have to, to look at it and go okay why am i bothered by it and i'm usually bothered by it because i've made it mean something more than what they actually just said like i've taken what they've said and that now means that they think this is love of stuff they've never said um so in the mm-hmm. moment breathing is helpful um i can probably count on one hand the number of times i've called somebody in the so I don't have lots of experience with that. Um, maybe two hands to how the times i call them that, waving their face. Um, so um, I really like the only power in anything is in what I can change. So sometimes it's been about creating distance for people, um, and you know, leaving like yeah, creating time and space between me and other people that were not. Um, healthy for me, which um, to create having good boundaries, which is something, by the way, I did not have boundaries when I came into this program, but ironically, by having boundaries around my food, I learned to have boundaries in my life. And it's the most amazing thing to me. Um, so, that, those are some of the things that, that I've done. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, one question part. You mentioned that you recall
1: your a
0: relationship with your sponsor, and how do you structure that relationship? Okay, so what is an example of how I told my sponsor something I didn't want to tell her, um, and kind of structure my relationship with my sponsor. Um, okay, well there's too many things that I can think of to um, So I'll give you one example. Um, I I was talking to my sponsor the other day, and I said what I don't want to tell you is um, that um, I was thinking that I should be doing this better than I'm doing it. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. And and so she goes, oh, so we don't do a new program today? And I was like, You know? (laughs) Um, it, it basically, like, it was like I thought I should have figured out how to handle the situation at work, and I, I, I couldn't, you know? And, um, so that would be, it's usually like I'm thinking I should do it on my own kind of thing, and I should, I should know, you know, I could shoot myself to death. Um, and then how I structured my relationship with my sponsor, well, I've had different sponsors over the years, and they has been different kinds of relationships. Um, the sponsor I worked with for, um, quite a while, um, I honestly was afraid of her, (laughs) you know, like, I didn't want to not do anything she said because I was scared of her, um, and that, that changed over time, and then we kind of reached the point where it seemed like it was time for me to move on, and then the sponsor I have now, um, it's a bit more of an equitable relationship, like, she's just a little bit ahead of me on the path, um, and I see it as her, um, you know, she just, kind of like creates a, an opportunity for me to, to to walk the steps and then she provides her input on how she sees things. But at all of my i have always, always encouraged me to continue, continue to develop that relationship with my higher power. Because they tell me that was where it, it really belongs. Because at the end of the day we're all just be. Um and where I've learned how to do is have disagreements or um, not keep eye to eye on something and still have a relationship with somebody because that wasn't a skill set that I didn't have I thought if we didn't agree on something, like that was it, so you know, like I need to change before it was going to end um, so I've learned how to like sit in uncomfortableness with things like that so that's kind of the structure yes you mentioned, uh, thanks
1: share that you had a relationship with in and here you were
0: right elaborate on how that has changed as you said it's your understanding that it doesn't exactly work how your idea of what your higher power is and spiritual practices your spiritual practice changed Sure, okay, so my idea of my higher power has came in how it's changed um, so I grew up in a, in a spiritual tradition that I still practice um, although it has a lot more meaning to me now um, and so my ideas of God were very much formed by that um, so God was typically a man um, but it, in terms of the, really the way i looked at it is that there were certain things that I thought well God isn't concerned with this part of my life because clearly God's got bigger things to do you know like he's to solving the world's hunger, he's still problems. God's busy, God doesn't care sure what goes on my plate you know okay. um, and so You know, like, literally learning how to bring God into all the little areas of my life is how it developed. Um, And, you know, like, turning everything over um, from, you know, whether or not I picked up the phone and called somebody, whether or not um, I bought a pair of shoes. I mean, like, it sounds really silly, but, like, I just had to guess, that like, you know, if this power created me, created every part of me, then why would that same power want something to do with every part of me? And, um, and in terms of how it's it's grown and changed, I mean, I have my prayer meditation practices, part of the 11 steps that I do every morning. Um, and, but, you know, that isn't like, so that I can have these, like, sky-opening, like, double-descending moments. It's actually, for me, just so that as I go through my day, um, I'm not as rattled by things. That's what I find. And that I experience God in... People and situations. I mean, I could be driving along the freeway, really pissed off about being in traffic. Somebody cuts me off, and then I'm like, Whoa. and on their bumper sticker, there's a smile. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I'm like, really?
0: <laughs> okay, you know, like. And in doing like Halloween to stop, stop taking yourself again seriously. Like you will get there when you need to get there and you've been all rattled and been out of shape on your way there. It's not going to do anything other than make you riled and out of shape when you get there. You know? So, um and it's not going to happen on your timeline too You know. Um so it's really about learning to be okay in the moment, whatever that moment is. And and being surprised, being willing to be surprised at how God shows up in that moment, whether it's through somebody else to accomplish the birth or song on the radio, um, through just like hearing my niece's laughter on the phone. You know, it's just a million different things that I, I never imagined I would see God.
1: Okay, we're out of time. Thank <laughs> you.